Hello and welcome to the She Chooses podcast. Today we are wrapping up our last study in this series, Preparing Our Hearts for Resurrection Sunday. As we have tiptoed, meandered, lingered through this study, we have been dialing into some of the details beautiful details of the last week of Jesus's life. That last week of Jesus's life has been come to be known as Holy Week. And it's something that so many of us skip over, but is something over the past several years that I have truly fallen in love with when it comes to really soaking my spirit in what it was. What was the last week of Jesus's life all about? Looking at this week and what it looked like so many years ago, it is so helpful when it comes to getting us out of checkboxing our way through Easter and helping us to focus to what this season is truly all about. You know, as a kid, as a young adult, as a teen, I remember Easter being all about, you know, you wake up early, you go to sunrise service, and you you hear about the resurrection. But I remember leaving all of those services very numb, kind of in a way like ashamed to admit, I I would, would wonder, you know, what's the big deal? It didn't really seem to be something that was joy-filled and um, life-giving to me in that moment. But as my relationship with Jesus has grown and he has helped me to walk closer to him, you know, Easter is is right up there with Christmas and it's something that is so joy-giving, life-breathing, a day to truly celebrate the day whenever Jesus, he, he rose from the cross. And when he did, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he ushered us in. He gave us a place where we get the opportunity to step into eternity with him one day. So today, we are going to focus on the details of Passover and, and how the last week of Jesus correlates in a lockstep fashion to what God laid out for the Israelites to follow 1,500 years prior to Jesus's sacrifice on the cross. The Israelites, when we dig into Old Testament, we find that there were so many different ordinances that they followed, but none of them are as prominent as Passover and none of them are are mentioned as many times in the New Testament. You know, uh, over the course of my adulthood and as I've tried to develop my relationship with God and surrendering my life to him, I've run into several different people that have mentioned to me, you know, the Old Testament, it's nice, but it's not a, it's not a have to have sort of thing. And they didn't, they don't choose to spend time learning about the Old Testament and what it has in store because they just feel that it's irrelevant and it really doesn't matter. I strongly disagree with that thought pattern. I I disagree with those statements. All of God's word is important. We're told that every jot and tittle matters. Put that in, in words we actually understand. Not the least stroke of a pen will disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Every word of God is profitable for reproof, for doctrine. It is all a big deal. 
The Old Testament is absolutely necessary. And when you do choose to take time to dig, you find there is treasure in those words and you find Jesus is all over it. And it takes what we learn in the New Testament and it stretches those roots to a depth. It it, it becomes utterly profound when it comes to the revelations that we receive and those things are they're all increased substantially so don't read the new testament without the old testament it truly brings into focus and it sharpens the image of what we are learning what we are seeing in the new testament so here we see this on grand display this episode it just magnifies this truth tremendously so here we go Without any further ado, we are going to dive in and learn how the Passover is personal. But before we do, go do yourself a favor, grab a pen, get a notebook, get a cup of coffee, a device to take notes, whatever you got to do, go do it because we are about to get started. Thirty-five thousand decisions. That's the average number one adult makes a day. Some are minuscule. Others are paradigm shifting. But how many are we making and we're not even considering the ripple effect they're setting into motion? She chooses as a place purpose to help women harness decision-making power by allowing God to open our eyes and give us courage to make the one that leads to obedience to his plan. The one that leads us to the promise of hope and future that he's laid out for each of us. If you find yourself in a place where life seems to be obstructing that view, and your current state is stuck, meet me at She Chooses, where together we work intentionally to choose Jesus over and over again. The Passover is personal. It is absolutely applicable personal stuff. We already said that this, we learn about this message in the Old Testament, but where? Well, we find it in the book of Exodus. This beautiful, exciting book covers the story of Israel exiting Egypt. They're being freed from bondage. That in and of itself is directly applicable to us in our life today, thousands of years later. How so? Egypt is a type of the world. It's a picture. It's an image. It's directly relevant and applicable to us because it represents our worldly culture. What we find in the Exodus is Egypt. Egypt was under control of Pharaoh, much the same for us. So the world is under the power of the enemy, of the devil, of Satan. Looking further, we see Pharaoh, and he's not wanting to let go of the Israelites. The Israelites who have been kept in bondage for 430 years. That is a long time. Relating this to our own lives, we know all too well this struggle. We all have our own personal Egypt that we need deliverance from. You know, whether that be um, drugs, alcohol, financial struggle, whether it be um, emotional, uh, depression, anxiety, toxic relationships, Uh, poor self-image, poor decision-making, whatever it is, a worldly idea, a worldly lifestyle that we are stuck in. That is our Egypt. And something that we just can't on our own, we can't seem to break free from. Just as we see a Pharaoh, our enemy just the same. He doesn't want to let go of us either. 
So looking to our study today, we see God does provide a way out for the Israelites, which is exactly the same way out for us. And getting that freedom points us to the Passover, and we find it in Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. So what is Passover? Before we dig into those scriptures, what is Passover? Well, the Passover is, it's a Jewish ordinance. It's made up of three different parts. First is the killing and eating of the paschal lamb. Second is the sprinkling of the blood upon the doorposts and the lintel. And third is the feast of unleavened bread, which was observed for seven days following the Passover. We're going to approach this study a little bit differently than I've approached them in the past. And we're going to take these 12 verses in Exodus and we're going to examine their parallel to Holy Week as we're reading through them. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 through 2 tells us, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Here we find... God changes their calendar. Still to this day, Jews have two calendars. In making this change, God was saying to them, this is the beginning. When we consider he was making the beginning of the year with spring, the beauty of this is even more enhanced. In spring, what do we see? We see all things are coming alive when we consider that the Lord uses the natural to explain the spiritual. And our discussion earlier in this series about the death of a seed leading to a new creation, a new life, we see God showing us everything begins at this moment, which points us to Holy Week and how everything truly begins with the gospel and the cross. Exodus chapter 12, verse 3 says, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. In this verse, we learn this applies to the entire community, and the lamb is to be selected on the tenth day of that first month. When we map this over to Jesus' last week, we see Jesus is presented to Israel on the tenth day of that very same month. We just celebrated it with Palm Sunday and his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Exodus chapter 12, verse 4 tells us, And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Their instruction was to observe this within their families. Friends, faith is built in our homes Our culture or maybe traditions, I don't know what it is, seems to have told us that faith should be relegated to a church building. But guys, that's not what God intentioned for us, what he intended for us. He intended for faith to be built in our homes. Moms, dads, stand up. Take that stand. Get your faith inside your home and let it be seen and heard and applied within your families. And the importance importance of this and family is seen in this verse. Exodus chapter 12, verse 5 tells us, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Jesus is our Passover lamb. We are told that in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We find in the Exodus 
the following requirements of the lamb. So our correlation is we are already told Jesus is our Passover lamb. So let's learn a little bit more about what the Lord was outlining for them in Exodus specifically. The first is it was to be a lamb. I already mentioned that Christ is the lamb of God. He is our Passover lamb. Second, it was to be a male of the first year. When we look at lambs, what we find is a lamb that was eaten. It was mature enough to be fully grown, but not old enough to consume more resources than it was going to return. These lambs that they were sacrificing, they were at the peak of their days, the peak of their life. When we look and we correlate this to Jesus, Jesus, he offered himself in the midst, the peak of his days. He was with us for 33 short years and that was it. When we think about this and correlating it to what that means, it speaks of his strength and his sufficiency. He is sufficient and we are insufficient. This lamb was to be without blemish. This points to the purity of Jesus. He was the lamb without spot. We talked previously, Pilate stated multiple times, I find no fault in him. He was innocent of the crime Barabbas was guilty of, which is the same crime we're all guilty of. This lamb in the Passover was to be set apart for four days. The triumphal entry, which was Palm Sunday, it happens four days before the crucifixion. This is the same day that that sacrificial lamb was selected. Exodus chapter 12, verse 6 says, And ye shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Twilight was between 3 and 5 p.m. They were to care for the lamb until the 14th, inspecting it, caring for it, examining it, to be sure it was without blemish. When we look at the last week of Jesus' life, we find he died on the 14th at 3 p.m. The veil was torn at the exact moment that that sacrificial lamb was being killed. Can you imagine the thought that was going through the priest's mind in that moment? This verse says it was to be killed, that that lamb was to be killed by the whole congregation. Jesus, he suffered by the hands of the Jews. It actually says the whole multitude of them. At the time of the evening sacrifice, 3 p.m., that was the time for Passover. That was the time that the high priest was going to ascend the altar and he was going to cut the throat of the lamb with a knife and he would say the words, it is finished, which are the exact same final words that we understand that Jesus spoke before he gave up the ghost on the cross. Exodus chapter 12 verse 7 tells us, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Jesus, he died for everyone, but not everyone applies him to their life. We see it in this this scripture. It was the blood that the angel of death was checking for when he passed through Egypt that evening. When we look here, we see it wasn't enough that the blood of the lamb was slain, but that it was applied. Friends, this is a clear as day statement to us that we must receive him. We must apply his blood to our life. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 22, we learn they were told to use a bunch of hyssop. 
to dip it in the blood in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts. Doing this was a public profession of their faith and their trust in the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28 tells us, it was through faith that Moses kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. The hyssop branch. When we look to it, we, we can liken it to our application of faith, our trust in his word. This hyssop is rich with meaning in scripture. It was used for cleansing and it represents God's compassion on us. It was used for purification. The same is true in the application of our faith. And we find the purification symbol again when we look to the cross, when, when we find that Jesus said, I am thirsty and a jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus's lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. We find that in John chapter 19, verse 28 and 30. Guys, I'm part of a small group. It's one of my favorite things. I love it. Gathering together with friends and talking about the word of God. There is nothing like that. One thing that I love so much about these times together is the different perspective we all have. Hearing your take, sharing my take, it reminds me so much when we read about the gospel writers and the different perspectives, the different ways that they are presenting um, all of their different encounters with the Lord. We see this, that John is the only one that calls out the hyssop plant. I was listening to a podcast earlier this, this week, and it was talking about the value of different perspectives that the gospel writers had. There were different details that stood out to each of them, and all of those details together, they're all needful and they're all important. John, like I said, John is the only one that draws out this important little nugget, and in doing so, it's sharpening some of the details that the others are bringing into view. Psalms chapter 51 verse 7 tells us, purge me with hyssop and I will be clean. This is a cleanse from our worldly nature and desires. It symbolizes the cleansing of our mind. And the cross, the cross marks the beginning of that cleanse. There's more we can pull out of when it comes to the hyssop and the cross. But what I want us to take at this moment is that reminder that, that hyssop is, a, it is symbolic of cleansing and purification. It is by no mistake that John is calling the type of stock out specifically. Exodus chapter 12, verse 8, the lamb was eaten the same night that it was killed. Just as God's judgment poured out on Jesus the same day, the Passover lamb was to be eaten with bitter herbs to remind them where they came from. The unleavened bread is a reminder of his sinlessness. There was no leaven in him. It reminds us of our need to keep moving forward in our faith, to continue on with this process of sanctification. Leaven, when we look to scripture, it is a metaphor for false doctrine. False doctrine cuts us off from the Lord and the people of the Lord. And this is a reminder to get that leaven out of our life, to continue pursuing on, pushing forward, following, applying our faith and trusting in the Lord. Exodus chapter 12, verse 8 tells us, And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Exodus chapter 12, verse 9 through 10 tells us this, Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the 
pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, ye shall burn with fire. The Lord was telling them it had to be roasted on fire. It could not be boiled in water. And that anything left had to be burned. This points to how, how Jesus' work on the cross, nothing was left undone. But this also, it points to us that God is our provider. He is our daily bread, and he will show them this over and over and over again with manna in the wilderness. He is our sustainer. He is our, our, our help in time of need. He is on time always. And this lamb at the Passover, it wasn't just to be slain, but it was to be consumed. We are to feast on what Jesus has done for us. He is, again, he is our daily bread. As long as we live, we are to feast on this daily bread, making mention of him and glorifying him for what he has done. He cannot remain a secret like a fire shut up in our bones. We must profess his good works and the, the beauty of who he is and his redemption and his overwhelming, compassionate love pursuit of us. Exodus chapter 12, verse 11 tells us, and thus shall ye eat of it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. When I read this verse, I see we cannot stay where we are. Friends, it is telling us we must be ready. Those Israelites had to be ready at a moment's notice. Pharaoh was going to let them go. And he, the Lord is saying, you better be ready. Friends, we never know when our Lord is going to return, but we do know he is going to return. We read in Luke chapter 12, verses 30, 35 to 40, it says this, Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. And ye yourselves liken to men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, and that when he cometh and knocketh, they may be open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered in his house to be broken through. But be ye therefore ready also for the son of man cometh at an hour when he thinketh not. Friends, those Israelites, when they ate that Passover meal, they stood ready, their loins girded about, their lights burning. And the same is true of us. It draws my mind to the parable of, of the virgins, the five who were wise, the five who were foolish. Those five, their loins were girded about. They were ready. They were standing. They were waiting for their groom to come. We want to be the same way. And this is a reminder to us to be ready because our redemption is coming. Exodus chapter 12, verse 12 tells us, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. God shows us there is a way of escape. We see it. There is calamity coming. There is chaos coming. And he is providing his followers a way 
of escape. I feel this so passionately right now in the time that we live. You know, everything seems to be falling apart, but God, he has given us this promise that when times of chaos come, he is our wall. He is our shield. He is our fortress. He is our strong tower, our place of refuge. The righteous run to him and they are safe. The Israelites, they they clung to his word and we see he is transformed into a shield, a wall, a hedge of protection for their families. Exodus chapter 12, verse 13 says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. The angel wasn't looking for good people. He was looking for the blood. He wasn't going into those homes and looking at personal worthiness because, guys, only the lamb is worthy. The same is true for us. So many have bought into this false belief that it's it's our good works. I'm, I'm just a good person. I don't have to do this, that, or the other. Guys, that that is a false doctrine. That is a false belief. It is the blood that when the Lord comes, it is the blood he is looking for. Exodus chapter 12, verse 14 tells us, And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. This is a lasting ordinance to keep. It points to Jesus. We see it so very clearly. An ordinance to teach their children to propel the message of the Passover forward generation to generation to generation. It is this lasting ordinance that we are remembering this time of year. It's this lasting ordinance and these correlations that we as mothers, spiritual mothers, we need to take the time to impart into our children. To remember for ourselves, the Passover, it directly applies in every area and is personal to us. And a reminder to us of the powerful redemptive work of the blood, the necessary work of the blood in our own life. Guys, let's not be so busy this week checking boxes, preparing outfits, the meal, packing the eggs, filling the baskets, that we forget what this truly is all about. Guys, let's remember to take time to linger in his word and remember this isn't just a tradition of man that we are adhering to. This is the greatest rescue story of all time. Our rescue story, which isn't a story at all, it's a reality. A reality that we all will face as one day we do stand face to face with the one who died and is looking over to see has the blood been applied to our lives. Let's be reminded, guys, it's not about our good works. It's not about our good nature. It's about our good father and his precious blood and the power of his blood and our faith to trust to apply it you just listened to an episode of the she chooses podcast thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend with me i appreciate it so much I pray that this episode was able to encourage you in some way, shape, or form. And I ask if it has, would you just please take a moment and leave a review? 
Let others know what you think about the podcast because when you do, what it does is it elevates this podcast in the search results of others, making it easier for them to find encouragement to their day.